Uh, maybe you're here this morning, you're a little nervous because it's been a while since you've been to church, or, or maybe this is your first time to church. I just want you to know that I don't believe you're here on accident. I believe that God has a word for you, has a word for me uh, this morning as we continue our series over the book of James. Uh, it's going to be very brief this morning. Can I get an amen? Uh, we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper here in just a moment, but uh, we're going to dive in real quickly. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to James chapter 1. Uh, we're just zooming right through. We're in week three. We're going to be in verses 19 through 20 this morning. Uh, the scripture will also be on the screen here in just a moment. But in week one, we, uh, we looked and we talked about how James was, was writing this, these passages um, uh, specifically to the church. He, he, he was writing this to Christ followers who were, were going through difficult times, who were uh, experiencing trials and struggles and even persecution. And, and literally at this time, the church had scattered in different areas uh, of that region. So, so, so James was writing this somewhat as a, as a pastor to his flock, and he, and he wanted to, to speak truth into their lives, but he also wanted to bring encouragement from God's Word. So uh, in week one, we looked at how um, that we or God is able to turn trials into victories in our lives. And I know if we were going to do a, a testimony this morning, I know that many of you could stand and say amen to that. Maybe this week, maybe this past year, maybe years ago, God took something that was a trial, maybe a, a brokenness or a hardship, and, and today you praise Him because it's now a victory in your life. Uh, this past week, we looked at temptations about how we are all tempted. Some of those temptations aren't really that big of a deal. I made the joke that my temptation is Taco Bell. My, my car just kind of goes in there. But for some of us, those temptations are life-threatening. For some of us, those temptations have control over you. For some of us, those temptations have taken us to places that we never thought were even imagine they could be that bad. And some of us here this morning are broken and devastated because of some of the, the controlling factors and temptations that we have allowed to take control of our lives. And I want to share with you this morning that, that God is bigger than your temptation. This morning, we're going to be talking about something that I believe each and every one of us have dealt with. Maybe some of you dealt with it this morning. We're going we're gonna to read through this real quickly, and I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to literally take just a few minutes to unpack this this morning. But in James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20, let's read that together. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, that means me, that means you, that means everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I'm going to make it very important for you and for me. Let's pray together before we dive in. God, thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you, Lord, you would humble me. Lord, please give me the words to say that would be an edification to the body of Christ this morning. God, I pray that Your Spirit would speak, Father. 
Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear and the courage and the boldness to take action in our lives. Father, please have your way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. There's three things we see here in James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20. They're, they're kind of a trio of, of wise counsel that, that James is trying to uh, speak into our lives. And, and the first thing that we see is to be quick to listen. Is this hard for anybody? Maybe I'm the only one. It, it is hard for me to be quick to listen because I've always got something to say. Can I get an Amen. Like, I always have something to say about something. And most of the time, it's pretty irrelevant, but I always, maybe you're like me, I always have something to say. And my mama taught me that, you know what, you need to be careful what you say. Make sure those words out of your mouth, because many of those words are not healthy, are not good, and they can do more damage than good in that moment. Anybody with me this morning? Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. But, but we, we always have something to stay. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and then something we're going to dive in just for a moment this morning is, is slow to become angry. Um, I think anger is something that every single person in this room has dealt with on some form or fashion. Um, Probably this week, not just in our lives, probably this week. And, and from the context that James is speaking here, it, it appears that these gentle reproofs are given in regards to our response to the Word of God. Look back at verse 18 real quickly. It says this, it says, He chose to give us birth through the Word of God. He's speaking of the Bible there that we might be kind of a first fruits of all He created. And then the verse afterwards, in verse 21, it says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept, there's that word again, the Word of God planted in you, which has the power to save you. You see, these are qualities we need, especially in times of trials when we need most the Word of God in our lives. In other words, we need to humbly and calmly be receptive to what the Word of God has to say. I love what verse 20 says here. It says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God Desire. Here, here's what Scripture's not saying. It's not saying that, that to be angry is a sin, but here's what James is saying, is that anger can easily turn into a sin in our lives. There's going to be moments in your life that, that something's going to upset you. There's going to be something that makes you angry. It's what we do with that emotion in that moment that can easily turn into something bad that can easily turn into something that you regret. Man, i, I got to be honest. There's, I have several. Okay, maybe a laundry list of regrets by the, by the anger that has come out. Not just in my action, but in my words. My kids have been the brunt of that sometimes. My wife has been the brunt of that sometimes. 
is because in those moments when anger starts coming into our lives, as, as Scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, we'll get there in a moment, it says in that moment what we do, we need to be very careful because easily we can allow Satan a foothold in our lives and he will run rampant and anger can destroy us in our relationships with other people. Some of us are living that out. Maybe this morning. Because anger is something that has controlled you. The word anger and wrath, maybe your scripture says wrath. The words are kind of unison. The Greek word for anger is the word orge, and the Greek word for wrath is the word thumos. Now the word orge literally means movement of or agitation of the soul, an impulse or desire of any violent, lingering emotion. And the word wrath, the word thumos, literally means the sudden outburst of anger. The temper that flares into violent words and deeds and just as quickly it dies. We, we might call this person the person who likes to blow their top. Maybe you're married to that person. Maybe that person is your boss. Maybe that person is someone who is your friend and it's just someone where, where anger takes over in their lives and it's almost uncontrollable and, and words of hurt just start spewing out. It's because in that moment when anger comes into our lives, we succumb to that. It overtakes our emotions, our thought process, even our actions, and we do things that we regret. And here's what James is saying. Be very careful when anger arises in your life because he says, you know what? It will. There's going to be times where your spouse makes you angry. Can I get an amen? There's going to be times where he or she or whomever does something that pushes your button, and what do we do in that moment? There's been times that I've faltered in this area, and I'm probably betting that you have as well. The Old and the New Testament have a lot to say about wrath and anger. I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures for you if that's okay. Psalms 38, 37, 8 says, Refrain from anger and turn from wrath, it leads only to evil. Proverbs 14, 17, a quick-tempered person does foolish things. Proverbs 14, 29, whoever is patient has great understanding, but the one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Proverbs 15, 18, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Proverbs 22, 24 through 25 says, do not make friends with hot-tempered persons. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared or trapped. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. And then the New Testament, Romans 12.19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Galatians 5.19-20, The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealous fits of rage. And what Scripture is saying here, it's in our flesh that we respond in that way. 
I, I want to do a test with you, okay? Hopefully you don't take it up on me, all right? But here's the thing. If you took a whole week and you set aside the things of God, I can promise you a week from Sunday, you will be more agitated than you were this Sunday. Because the acts of the flesh will start consuming and taking you over and your desire will want to do those things. If we allow it. What's interesting is that the New and the Old Testament, God is presented as a God who displays anger, And a God who displays love. Maybe, uh, maybe this morning your thoughts, your understanding of who God is, is God is one who is, who is sitting up in heaven. And He is just an angry God. He's just, he's just waiting for you to mess up, to, to make your life miserable. Or He's just waiting for you to mess up so He can kind of, you know, zap you or, or whatever. Some of us have an understanding that that is the God and you think like, why would I want to serve a God like that? I'm married to that person or, or I used to be married to that person and it didn't work out. Or maybe we also have the understanding that God is only a God of love. I can just kind of do whatever I want to because God is going to be gracious. He's going to love me no matter what. It really doesn't matter how I live my life or what I do with my life. If I can just show up on Sunday mornings and, and kind of do a few things, God will pardon me from the sins that are God's Word says. There must be a punishment for that. But what if I was to tell you this morning that God is, is perfect, perfectly holy? And He is a God who is, yes, who brings wrath into the lives, but He also brings love. You see, God's anger is always a just reaction to evil. Anytime you read passages of Scripture, New Testament, Old Testament, His response of anger is always towards the sin. We have a church where we say, you know what, we need to, um, we need to love the person but hate the sin. How many of you have mastered that? Like, not at all. What happens is, is I end up getting aggravated at the person because they continue to make foolish decisions. Anybody else? Like, for me, in human speaking, I can't decipher those things. It always ends up leading to anger or a situation that's unhealthy. And so James says, here's what happens, folks. It's going to take place, but be very careful how you respond to that. Yes, God does get angry. God gets angry because He is holy and He needs to get angry at sinful things. God's Word even says as Christ followers that we we should cling to what is good and hate what is evil. The problem is, is is the church, we've stopped hating what is evil and we just kind of go with the flow because we serve a good God. We also serve a wrathful God. This is a fun message to preach this morning. (laughs) God being divine and all-knowing, God's wrath is never misguided. I have many imperfections as a human, and my anger is often misguided. 
Real quickly, look at Ephesians chapter 4. We're almost done. Ephesians 4, verse 26. This is Paul speaking here. He says, in your anger. He says, when it happens, when it arises, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. We've all felt the effects of letting the sun go down on our anger. You see, verse 27 says the reason we should not let it continue to fester is because in that moment we are opening the door and giving the devil a foothold in our lives and our relationships. Um, been married now for, i got to get it right, I think 16 years? 16 years, that's right. Um, I have personally felt the effect of letting the sun go down on my anger. You can't really pinpoint it, you just know something's not right. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you're walking on needles a little bit. I better, I better say this rightly, or, or I, I better not do this, or you know, I wonder if she's mad this morning, I wonder if she's forgotten about it. Are you that kind of person? <clears throat> when all the wells should have been like, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I know it was your fault, but I'm sorry. I'm totally kidding. Right. <laughs> That's my problem, all right? I've always got something to say. And, 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 what, and what happens? And the reason James says, you know what? Get it right. Clear it up. We don't like doing that. We don't like confrontation. Maybe some of you do. But we don't like that confrontation of, you know what? We don't like saying we're sorry. Well, should I say I'm sorry? I was right. She shouldn't have said that. I mean, he shouldn't have said that. How dare they? I'll tell you what I do. I'm going to go to bed, and tomorrow I'm just going gonna, gonna, gonna to get him back. We, we do this. We do this. Some of you have made poor decisions with someone else because of your anger with your spouse. Let's just call it what it is, folks. Some of us have done things, inhaled things, smoked things, drank things because anger has gotten the best of us and we want it gone. But how dare we say we're sorry and clear it up and let the wisdom of God come and forgive us in that, wis- I mean, in that situation and clear us of those things. God's way is always the better way and He's given us instructions of how to deal with these things. Folks, I'm I'm still a work in progress here. I still struggle with this. I still get angry. I still get angry. And many times I misuse my anger probably towards some of you and you probably didn't even know it.
we would do well as Christ followers if we took the advice of James to heart and that we would be slow to anger. That in that moment of anger, that that right then, before it boils over, that we would surrender it to God and God promises that He will carry that burden. It's, It's like a miracle. I don't know how it works, but it does. When I pray, God, I just want you to take this from me, Lord, or, or this temptation or whatever it is. When I spend time with God, he, like, he changes me. Maybe He does that with you. Like he, he changes my thoughts. He changes my heart. And the next thing I know, I'm like, you know what? There is no more burden that I'm carrying. And Jesus says every day, every day we must pick up our cross and follow after Him. Because the days that we don't, I don't even need to explain what's going to take place. And we can get by for a few days, amen? Give it weeks, give it months, give it years. And Satan will do his best to destroy you and your relationships. I'm going to ask Jared to come back up. I want to, I want to close on a positive note because many of us are living the effects of that. Let's just be honest. Anger has gotten the best of our relationships. And we are still paying the price for whatever it is. I just, I just want to share with you this morning, God is so much bigger. He is so much bigger than your anger. He is so much bigger than your relationship problems. He is so much bigger than the things that you continually go to. But at the end of the day, it is a choice that you and I must make. And this is where I falter. Sometimes I choose not to run to the cross. There's days that sometimes you choose not to run to the cross. And every single time I let myself down, every time, something gets the best of me. It might be grand, it might be small, but something gets the best of me that is not God-honoring. 